Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 36. And today's episode was actually inspired by a number of questions that I've been getting in my private Facebook group, along with common questions that I've been getting in some of my my personal uh, private clients' nutrition check-ins. And I thought it would be a good idea just to kind of share the answers to those questions in a podcast format, because I know that there are likely questions that many of you guys out there might have. So hopefully some of these questions will be answered and give you some insight as to some things that you can be applying in your own nutrition journey. So if you do have other questions related to this topic or any of these topics, or even if you have a question not related to this topic that you do want an answer to, please, 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 guys, this is a plug for you guys to email me, message me, DM me, whatever way you can get a hold of me. I'm going to make sure that you have all my contact information in the show notes because I do want to be able to help answer those questions. It's something that I'm super passionate about is educating you guys. And if there's something that I'm missing, I want to know about it. So let me know. But this episode, as I mentioned, is going to be all about things related to just meal timing and nutrient timing in general. You know, I think that there is entirely too much information out there and people just really need to be able to focus on the things that matter the most and know which things that they need to be focusing on for themselves. Because every single person is very different. And if you work with me, you know that every single person has a very different nutrition prescription along with even a different way that I coach each and every person. So um, anyways, let's kind of go get get into this. So first and foremost, before we kind of talk about nutrient timing, I want to talk about what the specific goal of the nutrition timing is. So for some people, nutrient timing might be related to, um, they think it might be some, some way to hopefully help them achieve better body composition. For others, it might be related to performance, or for others, it might be just performance in their daily life. So one might be sports performance, the other might be, hey, I'm eating this weird energy slump every day around 2 to 3 p.m., or maybe it's they're not sleeping well. They're just trying to figure out if nutrition timing does matter. And I do think it does. But before we kind of get into that stuff, knowing that you have a good solid foundation of understanding nutrition from a macro perspective, macro perspective and a micro perspective, meaning you understand the the beauty of taking in quality nutrition, but also the understanding that the amounts of the of amounts of those foods that we're taking in does directly relate to our energy levels and our results. So those two things matter first and foremost. But there are some tips and tricks that I can give you guys that might help you guys out a little bit along the way, along with some things that I feel like you might be doing that really aren't doing you any good. And you might be a little bit happier if you stop worrying about those little things. And I'm going to start with those things first and foremost. One of the first questions I get when I start a new client is, what time of night should I stop eating? And, or do I have to eat breakfast? And I say those two things together because it's weird how one is the last meal of the day and the other is the first meal of the day. It's kind of funny, right? Uh, and so if you understood recovery and what's going on in our bodies while we sleep, you would know that your body while you're sleeping is very, very, very active. So all the things that we're doing when we are not moving and not thinking and not doing normal life, normal life things, our body is using that time to do the things that it can't do while we're constantly on the go and constantly thinking and constantly working out and all these things and digesting food. At night, our body is prime for recovery. So it's cell turnovers happening, HGH production, all of these different things that our body needs to rejuvenate us. Rejuvenate us. That's why sleep is also so important for all people. You know, whether you are looking for optimal hormone production or, you know, better performance or all of those things, sleep matters so much. But when it comes to the meal timing around those things, I think people tend to get very afraid to eat before bed 
because they've been told that for some reason that that meal is going to be stored as fat. And that's not true. Okay. When it comes to weight storage in terms of body fat percentages and, and weight in general or gaining weight or not losing weight, overall calorie balance matters. So the amount of calories you take it over the course of the day and over the course of weeks and months is what changes your body composition and your body weight with fat ratio. So what I mean by that is, you know, the, the time of night that you eat doesn't change how many calories you eat. So you can spend all of your money at the store at nine o'clock in the morning, or you can spend a little bit at nine, a little bit at 12, a little bit at four and a little bit at seven. But if you've still only spent, if you've still spelt, spent the same amount of money, the same amount of money is gone from your bank account. And it's the same exact thing with your nutrition. And I like using money as an analogy because it's very similar. It's funny because I, I've often told people the way they are with their money is very similar to how they are with their nutrition. And I can get, I can get into that a little bit further, but, um, but yeah, so what I want you, what, what I want you guys to understand is that that meal at night is not going to be stored as fat. Now for some people, there are some pros to eating before bed for some people eating a meal before bed can actually help them sleep better. So it can kind of help regulate blood sugar. Um, it can kind of help them get into a little bit of a deeper sleep. Whereas if you are sometimes not fed before sleep, uh, your body can get a little bit hyperglycemic in, uh, in the middle of the night and it can cause you to wake up and feel like you're kind of like wide awake, having this weird, almost like a cortisol reaction going on in the middle of the night. So sometimes that little bit of a nighttime snack can help people get into a better, more restful sleep. On the opposite, if you eat too large of a meal before bed or you have maybe some gut sensitivities, sometimes there can be some other issues that might not be so uh, beneficial for nighttime eating. So for some people, they can get like some digestive distress and like acid reflux or other things like that. Or maybe they just have to wake up frequently to go to the bathroom or they wake up too early because they have to go to the bathroom. All of those things can kind of negatively impact your sleep. But what I want you to understand is those are more of an optimization thing that have nothing to do with your body weight. So eating before bed is not going to make you gain weight. Now I will say this, I've had people say, but I cut out nighttime eating and I started losing weight faster. And here's why that works is typically the snack foods that people are choosing at night are the things that are a little bit higher in calories and probably a little bit lower in density. So like snacking on a handful of peanuts is not the same as snacking on like a whole bunch of carrots, right? The calorie density of those two things are very different, but nobody's going to be munching on carrots at 10, 11 o'clock at night while they're watching Netflix. They're going to be snacking on chips and popcorn and cookies and things like that. So knowing that when you cut out that nighttime meal, you're likely cutting out a large source of your overall daily calories. So it's like going back to the money analogy. If you decided to space out your food or space out your spendings all day, and then you decide not to spend at that last store at the end of the night, you've now saved yourself some money. And it's the same thing with your calories. So the nighttime eating thing is a myth. I do think that for most of my clients, I do recommend a nighttime snack. I think it allows them to feel satisfied by the end of the day. I think it allows for a better sleep. For most of my clients, they do have some kind of a nice light snack, whether it's yogurt, some berries, maybe a couple of sliced almonds or something along those lines. Something usually, some of my clients even like doing a little bowl of oatmeal or something like that. Whatever's going to give you a little bit of a mixture of protein, carbs, and fats. And for some people, that might be a little bit of dark chocolate or something like that. So just giving you um, those options to have those things. Now, 
as we go from that nighttime meal into that first of the morning meals, people are, people are, you know, trained to think that if I don't start my day with breakfast, I'm like slowing down my metabolism. And this kind of goes, you know, hand in hand with the whole, I've got to eat every two to three hours. Neither of those things are right. Okay. Like your thermic effect of food, which is the amount of calories your body burns just to break down food. Doesn't matter if you eat your breakfast at seven o'clock or if your first meal of the day is at 12 o'clock, none of that matters. Your body is still working and all of those things to happen. So don't stress about that. However, there are a lot of studies that have shown that people that tend to eat breakfast, their habits are in line with living a leaner life, which is usually because those people typically have better eating eating uh, behaviors or eating habits. So from a habit perspective, eating for breakfast is a good habit to get into. But from a body composition perspective, if you don't like to eat breakfast, you don't have to eat breakfast. Uh, for some clients that practice intermittent fasting, this can be a great thing for them because they'll just, you know, finish their last meal, eight o'clock at night. Maybe they'll eat their first meal until twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and now they now essentially just done a sixteen-hour fast. Whatever works better for you and that aspect of things. I'm going to go into one could eat for breakfast in a little bit, but I did just want to kind of decipher that eating breakfast does not make you burn more calories or less calories. If you like to eat breakfast, eat breakfast. If you don't like to eat breakfast, don't eat breakfast. The last thing that I will say on this is that there have also been studies that have shown that people that tend to overeat earlier in the day will often tend to overeat later in the day and usually not for the right kinds of things because there is a little bit of maybe some blood sugar things that are going on when you are getting a little bit of hypoglycemic. I mean, I'm sure that you can relate to have ever experienced that like kind of like tired and wired, but like kind of shaky, like kind of hungry, like craving type of a feeling you're going to get that likely might happen at the wrong time when you're in the middle of a stressful situation at work and you're looking at the candy jar and you're like, man, that Snickers is gonna be exactly what I need right now to get through this meeting. you know. So knowing that you might be better off setting your day up with a meal in the morning. So I, I am a proponent for eating something in the morning. It just doesn't need to be something super heavy. It could be a, a protein smoothie or a bowl of yogurt with some granola and some berries, whatever. Um, if you don't like have a lot of time to cook, even a protein bar at that point, if you're kind of that, you know, on the go type of a person during the day, but just setting yourself up for success. However, like I said, has nothing to do with anything to do with your metabolism or body composition. So those are the two things. And that goes into as well, the eating every two to three hours. And in fact, for a lot of people, I'm not going to name any specific diet, dietary protocols, but one in particular that I'm thinking of, this can be super restrictive for people who live a very busy life and don't have, you know, time to sit there and eat every two to three hours, you know, I think that our body should be trained. I mean, this is why people go into ketosis, right? They want their body to be trained to burn fat for fuel. If you can't go more than two to three hours without eating or you're going to like die, like that's not good either. So you shouldn't feel like you have to eat every two to three hours. Um, it's actually a good practice, I think, for you to set up specific eating windows. And when it becomes stressful for you to stop and eat, that's not good either. So don't stress too much about meal timing and those aspects of things. So kind of going over what we've already covered Nighttime snacking, totally fine. Overall calorie, bags, uh, overall calorie balance matters. Breakfast eating, totally optional. Do what, do what works best for you. Overall calorie balance matters, but know that that might actually set you up for overeating later on in the day if you're not smart about it. So those are the two biggest, I guess I would like to call those the myths of meal timing. Now talking into some more specifics, um, and this is going to kind of go into what I mentioned before about breakfast is some of you guys out there are, are early morning. I call them the 5.30 a.m. mayhem. You know, you guys wake up 
4.30 in the morning, you get up, you're out, you're out the door, you head to the gym and you're working out. A lot of you guys are doing some kind of a high intensity training like CrossFit, Orange Theory, um, or even just maybe some type of a very str uh, strenuous like strength program at the regular gym. Whatever you're doing, if you're going into that workout fasted, I get this question is, well, I get this question is, should I be eating before I go to the gym? Or, you know, like, what should I be eating before I go to the gym? And first and foremost, knowing that your goal is kind of what matters first and foremost. So like, if you're a performance athlete, you're looking to optimize everything. So you might not need to eat first thing in the morning. And for a lot of you guys, that might actually upset your stomach and make your performance go down. But it's important to note that if you are a performance-based athlete, your main focus is making sure that, they're, making sure that there's energy available. So I'm going to talk about a couple of different populations here. Regardless of who you are, your pre-workout meal for a 5.30 a.m. mayhemer is going to be your nighttime meal. So whatever you ate the day before, the night before, that's kind of setting you up for your workout in the morning. That's the food that's been digested and broken down. And the food from the day before is what stored energy for you guys going into that workout. This is also why I am not a proponent for taking rest days as low calories if you're going into high-intensity training the day following a rest day. Not a very smart move for you guys. So if that's the case, you likely don't need a pre-workout. Now, if your session is going to be lasting more than an hour or it's going to be an hour of extremely strenuous stuff, like maybe you are maybe you are like an endurance athlete um, and you are going out for like you know long distance or very high-intensity stuff, if you're a CrossFitter, and you are going to be doing some kind of a strength component, a conditioning component, and then maybe some accessories. This is where an intra-workout uh, meal or intra-workout drink actually I think works better than a pre-workout for these early morning people where you might have some kind of a cyclic dextrin uh, mixed with some aminos, essentially amino acids to kind of get you through that 40, I'm sorry, 90 minute session or so first thing in the morning. That's optimal. Now, if you're going into, you know, an Orange Theory CrossFit class, you're doing less than an hour a day. It's, it's mostly like a, a warm up. Maybe it's a little bit of skill work and then some kind of intensity piece from like anywhere from five to 20 to 30 minutes. Like you're probably fine without that pre-workout meal. It's once again, going to be an individualized basis where you're going to want to kind of figure out what works best for you. However, what I am going to say is your breakfast or your first meal of the morning matters most. And this also is going to kind of you know, maybe answer some of your guys' questions about intermittent fasting. So for those of you guys that are doing a morning session and trying to stay in a fasted window, you are likely setting yourself up for very bad results. So in that post-workout window, your cortisol levels are through the roof. So your stress level, your stress hormones are through the roof. Your body is screaming for nutrients. It's basically just been given this signal that like you are trying to survive something very catastrophic on the body and you're not feeding it to recover. This is where a post-workout meal uh, plays a factor in your recovery and sets your day up for success. So um, for those of you guys that might get like afternoon fatigue and you work out first thing in the morning, taking the time for a post-workout meal that is denser in carbs and protein is going to be so much more beneficial. And this is where a lot of people will do some type of a protein shake and some kind of a carb drink, you know, so making sure that you're getting some post-workout protein and carbs in. And if you are going right home to make breakfast, just make sure that that breakfast is uh, a little bit more carb heavy and protein heavy to kind of set you up for recovery going into your day. So that's where the early morning AM workouts come into place. I never want somebody feeling they have to wake up an hour too early when they're already getting up at 4.30 in the morning to eat so they can digest it to go to the gym. The best pre-workout for you guys is going to be some coffee. And like I said, maybe it's an intra-workout 
drink of like essential amino acids and some kind of a carb drink. And you don't always have to do the whole scoop, guys. You can do like maybe a quarter of a scoop or a half a scoop based on the intensity of your workout. And you can always utilize the rest of it in that post-workout shake. So kind of as we're on this workout um, question, I guess, or topic of early AM workouts, kind of talking about that pre and post-workout window. Like now let's say maybe you are uh, later in the day, like meal timing around your workouts. The most important thing is that you never want to feel like you're digesting a bunch of food when you're going to work out. I mean, if you're a CrossFitter, you can relate to possibly having to sit there and, you know, you just finished a meal and now you're like going to do burpees. It does not feel good in your belly. So, and that's kind of doing the exact opposite of what you want, because when you're actually digesting, your body is using energy to digest that food. So you're actually better off being in more of a fasted state per se, going into your workouts, but you want to make sure there's energy available. So your pre-workout meal, if you are later in the day, should be about two hours prior, and you should have a good combination of protein and carbs. This is where like maybe you are eating some rice and some chicken. Um, if you've eaten lunch earlier in the day and you're hitting a 5.36 p.m. class, maybe you're having like a snack around like four o'clock of maybe like um, a couple of rice cakes and some cottage cheese or a couple of hard-boiled egg whites, maybe one egg for a little bit of fat. And, you know, maybe it's a uh, you know, whatever, a little bit of sweet potato or whatever it is you like to eat. It doesn't have to be, you know, something huge, but you do want to have a little bit of that protein and carbs in there. And also look at what your training is going to entail. Once again, just like that morning person, you don't want to go into a 90 to two hour session, having not eaten anything since 11 o'clock in the morning, if you're training at 6 PM. So make sure that you're getting a little bit of something in there. Um, and then post-workout, same thing as my morning crew, getting in that protein carbs blend to help your body recover a little bit. Now, these strategies I'm going to go into are, okay, so there is, there is some relation to body composition, but I want you to understand that overall body weight, the meal timing doesn't matter as much. But for body composition, it kind of does because your muscles are needing that fuel to recover. And this is where people are like, oh, I got to have my post-workout protein shake, bro, like to get take advantage of the anabolic window. There is some truth to that, but it's important to know that you need protein and carbs together because you want the protein to be put into place to help to rebuild the muscle tissue. You want the carbohydrates to replenish the glycogen system. So if you're just giving your body protein, your body is going to essentially start breaking that protein down into glucose via glucogenesis to produce sugar. So in fact, you should be doing both protein and carbs post-workout. Uh, so it does matter a little bit for body composition. And for those of you guys who are looking to optimize muscle building, I would definitely say prioritize that post-workout meal. Um, like I said, though, it doesn't really matter so much for overall body weight. That's more of an optimizing body composition, optimizing, optimizing getting the most bang for your buck. This also goes in play for my athletes who are competitive and want to get the most out of their training and their recovery. You guys need to be prioritizing what you're eating pre and post workout. That stuff matters for your performance. In fact, it matters more than your training. So you're going to get the better training in if you do these things. I'm also going to uh, make a little side tangent on this, guys, is that another note about fasted workouts and knowing how your body feels while you're working out is so important. So if you're fasting with the sole purpose of like, I want to get leaner, I want to get, you know, shredded and this and that, and you think that it's going to help you, but you find that your workouts are like, you're maybe bonking, like your output isn't quite there. And you might not even notice that it's not there. But if you have a meal where you eat and then you work out and you feel better, 
you're normally burning more calories if you are not in that fasted state because you have energy available. And this is huge for those of you guys that are doing high intensity training. You know, it's, it's not so much the same for maybe if you are doing more of an oxidative, like very low intensity walk or a light jog. But for those of you guys that are hitting it hard in the gym and you're getting your heart rate up and you're lifting the weights and stuff like that, your performance is going to be better if you have some energy available and you're not feeling depleted. So just make sure that you're also aware of that as well, because you likely might be burning more calories for, for, um, from that, from having food available or energy available. Another question that I was getting, and this also kind of goes into this post-workout and why I'm going to mention it here is, um, oftentimes I'll get questions about that, like mid afternoon slump, like what can I be eating to help me mid afternoon? You know, maybe a lot of my clients have referred or, uh, relied on caffeine in the past or, um, some other type of a stimulant to get them through that mid afternoon crash. And, you know, for some people, you know, that are really good at, they've been working with me, with me for a while. The first assumption is maybe I should hire carbs on my training days. And whereas that can be some, there can be some truth to that, remind yourself of the overall goal. So if your goal right now is like lowering body weight, AKA you want to be in a little bit of a cut. If we increase those calories over the course of the day to, you know, do the energy thing or fix the energy midday, you're likely taking yourself out of that calorie deficit and putting yourself more into calorie maintenance. So my first step, because obviously I want to make sure that you guys are always feeling good. Nobody wants to feel like shit is to make sure that you are optimizing that post-workout meal. And a couple of my clients that I've had this happen to recently, that was the only fix that I had to make, that they were doing a lower-carb breakfast post-workout, and they weren't realizing that that was setting themselves up for lower energy available later in the day. They weren't getting recovery from their intense training. So by just fixing the makeup of that first meal, we were able to kind of correct that little bit of an energy thing. But I also think that there's some other things that we don't think about. We, we think about there's such a relationship between what we eat and our energy, and there is so much truth to that. But there are a lot of other things that strip us of our energy, one of them being our sleep. So if you're not sleeping well, um, that's going to affect your sleep stress. And um, you know, obviously, just sitting behind a desk all day, you're just draining your brain all day. So there are a couple of other things that are not food-related that I'm going to kind of like maybe take a little tangent on that might help you guys with that mid energy slump. Um, and one of them is taking a midday walk. So just like getting out of the, getting out of the office, going outside, getting some vitamin D, um, just taking a quick walk. Maybe it's even just to your car. Hey, I got to run into my car for something, spend a few minutes in the, in the air, go for a quick walk, get some energy out. Like just that usually will help you reset a little bit. Um, the other thing to kind of mention about, as I mentioned sleep is that our circadian rhythms are also playing a factor into that. And for a lot of people, I don't exactly have the data in front of me, but that's around the time that our circadian rhythms are kind of like going into more of a, like a restful state. Um, and I think it was somewhere between like one and three when I was doing the research on it, but know that that also is affecting that afternoon thing. So it's actually kind of part of just like your natural body's like sleep, wake homeostasis that you might be experiencing that is causing that mid energy slump midday. All right. So the other topic that I had written down that I just kind of looked at is, and this kind of goes into the first topic that I had, which was the, the breakfast one and the nighttime eating one is intermittent fasting and time restricted windows. And I literally need to do a whole podcast on this because there's so many things for me to unpack about eating windows and stuff like that. Okay. So thinking about all of the things I've talked to you about before, right? So like one school of thought is eat every two to three hours. Another one is like eat breakfast because that's going to make your metabolism faster. The other is like don't eat breakfast and don't eat before bed. And like there's all this conflicting information out there, right? 
Um, intermittent fasting is another one. And I think for a lot of people, they, they hyper-focus on these, these strategies like this to increase, you know, or, you know, per, uh, improve body composition. when in reality, they're like a 1%, they're not a big change in how you're overall going to look and feel. And in fact, for a lot of women, particularly, or even men who live very high stress jobs, they might actually be putting more stress on your body and doing the opposite of what you want it to do. But a lot of questions I will get is, what do you think about intermittent fasting? And here's my opinion on intermittent fasting specific to weight loss, body composition um, in particular. And then I'll talk a little bit more about performance. Uh, In terms of weight loss and body composition, I think the reason it works for some people is that, and it's not the reason, I, I think it works, it's the reason it works, is that when you are restricting the amount of time you can eat, chances are you're going to eat less, okay? So the thought that just came to my mind is I feel so old right now. I'm not sure if you guys can remember those old shows that I I used to love watching them about like the grocery store, the grocery store, like supermarket sweep where like a person would have like three minutes and they'd have to like run through the grocery store and like put their cart with as many of these things as they could. And like, I don't even remember how they won. I just remember they just had like a certain amount of time and they had to like fill their cart with everything. They were limited to how much they could fill their cart with because one, their cart was only so big and two, the time. It's the same thing with your nutrition. So if your calorie budget is, let's just call it 2000 calories and you're only eating 4,000 or in in four hours out of your entire day, you know, you're going to be a lot more compliant with that 2000 calories. If you're only limiting it to four hours, maybe that's two meals in that four hours. Whereas if you're eating throughout the entire day and you're not, not really being aware of the little snacks, little bites, stuff like that, that you can be doing, it can make it harder for you to really make sure your calorie budget is being maintained. So in terms of body composition, limiting your eating window will be easier for you guys to comply to if you can stick to your calories within that window. Now, I'll be honest, I know some people that can notoriously overeat in one meal, aka my weekend warriors. So for those of you guys that are going out on the weekends and you're eating a ton of food out, it's really easy to overeat things when you're not paying attention to the macronutrient breakdowns of them, specifically the macronutrient fat, because that one is the one that you don't see. I call it the invisible macro. So um, that's the only thing about intermittent fasting. Now, in terms of uh, competitive athletes and stuff like that, this is one of those things that's very, once again, individualized. I mean, I know some high level CrossFit athletes, and I will tell you this, they don't intermittently fast the way that you think they do. They might eat very little within that window, but they are still taking in nutrients for the goal of optimizing performance. So uh, I can think of one person in particular, Rich Froning. He does a lot of intermittent fasting himself um, and speaks highly of it, you know, in terms of inflammatory markers and stuff like that. I'll be honest. I think that more of it is the fact that he's actually eating a little bit healthier these days, but, you know, he, he believes in that full heartedly you know, but from a scientific perspective, I'm going to tell you this, when your body is once again, in that fight or flight mode, your cortisol levels are going to be super high. Most of us are not living the lifestyle of rich froning. We're not sitting in a gym from 9am until 12, going home for a quick snack, going back for our afternoon session, and then finally eating a larger meal. You know, most people are up in up at the crack of dawn, going to the gym, going right to work, living a stressful job, taking care of the kids, going home, maybe hitting a second session, and then trying to get ready to do it all over again. Like there's no downtime. 
And that is a very different response than you're going to get from inner. You're going to get a very different response from intermittent fasting with that kind of a life than you will from the lifestyle of someone that lives a very relaxed life. So just know that as well. So definitely make sure that your application of that is for the proper reason. Um, so that was really the only thing about intermittent fasting that I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about on that. So hopefully this episode helped a little bit with those specific things. I'm trying to make sure there was anything else that I wanted to really cover in terms of, um, the meal timing stuff and everything like that. But I know that that was a lot of the questions that I had been getting. Um, so if you guys do have any more questions about meal timing, nutrient timing, or any of this kinds of stuff, as I'm kind of like in this moment of like, am I forgetting anything? <laughs> um, let me know. Cause I, I just definitely want to be able to hopefully answer some more questions that you guys might have. Um, and that's pretty much it today, guys. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. Uh, last little thing I'm going to mention is if you're not, if you are not already part of my private Facebook group, and if you are, and you're in my group right now, thank you so much for participating in my summer shred challenge, because you guys are going to crush it. It's week one and the people that are doing it are freaking showing up and it's just awesome. And if you want to get in on my summer shred challenge, just shoot me a message or you can actually just enter the Facebook group by listening to this podcast episode in the earth's not listening to this podcast episode, but in the show notes of this podcast episode, I'll make sure that I put a link for it there. So that's it guys. Hopefully you guys have a great week.